Welcome to Beyond FY2, the podcast from the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Glasgow that will give you all the information that you need as you move on to the next stage of your career. You'll hear from trainees who have been where you are, trying to make sense of all the different choices you have and make one of the most important decisions affecting your future. In this episode, we'll be chatting with Claire Fogaccia about internal medical training and how she decided on that career move and how that was best for her. I wonder if we just start, uh, if you could tell me a bit about yourself, where you've come from um, and and what your career pathway has been like thus far. Yeah, no problem. So thank you very much for, for having me on the podcast today to talk about IMT. So um, I went to university in Dundee um, and I graduated back in 2015. Um, after that, I moved to Edinburgh to do my foundation programme. Uh, and after that, I did a couple of different jobs. So I worked as a CDF and uh, I worked for the University of Edinburgh as a study doctor. So just a, a job at the university for a year while I was kind of trying to decide what I wanted to do um, in terms of what specialty I would like to do going ahead. Um, and after that, I ended up applying to IMT and moved to the west of Scotland. So I did my uh, first three years of IMT. Um, which I just finished uh, about three weeks ago. Um, I worked in Ayrshire for a year, in Glasgow for a year, and then in Lanarkshire for a year. So I've kind of been around the west of Scotland doing that. Uh, and now I'm a clinical fellow again, so back in a CDF job. Um, and what would you say, what's your average day like? Um, so if, when you're in IMT, what's your average day like? Uh, in IMT, most of your days are based in the hospital and based on the wards. So uh, most days start with the ward round. So we normally would identify what patients we need to see that day and then um, basically take your computer, take your FY1 uh, and maybe a consultant and go around and see your set of patients that day. Um, that can be anywhere between eight patients and 20 patients, depending on how busy it is, and usually takes most of the morning. Um, sometimes you'll do quite in-depth reviews of the patients. Um, sometimes you'll do a, a kind of more brief midweek review just to get them through to the next consultant ward round. So sometimes you're diagnosing new problems. Sometimes you're following up chronic problems. Um, and sometimes you're just following up investigations and, and tests and things. That usually takes you up to about lunchtime. Uh, and normally on the ward, we do a board round at that time where we all get together with the nurses and other staff on the ward and talk through the patients that we've seen that day, uh, set up what the plan is for the rest of the day for them all, who's going home, what jobs need to be done. And uh, then we can decide how we're going to run the afternoon. Um, at that point, normally we'll go for lunch because uh, there's definitely not much else getting done before we've all been fed. <laughs> And then we'll usually um, come back to the ward in the afternoon. And that's where the junior staff will divide up what we're going to do that, that afternoon. So sometimes we'll be based on the ward in the afternoon, helping to do the tasks. Sometimes we'll be doing procedures or procedure lists. So um, there might be things to do like acidic procedures, lumbar punctures. There might be line insertions that need to be done. Um, and that really varies depending on what ward you're on and uh, how sick your patients are. And you can either have an awful lot of uh, procedures to do or none at all. Um, some days we'll be in clinic instead of being on the ward in the afternoon um, and that can be any clinic at all. So usually it'll be the specialty you're based in, but sometimes you'll get asked to help with a clinic that's in a different specialty. So um, sometimes when you're on a renal ward, you might still be asked to help with a diabetes clinic and vice versa. So it can be really varied what you're doing um, on any given day. Um, other things that we sometimes would do in the afternoon, so we take referrals from specialties. So if I'm 
on the medical ward, I might be taking referrals from surgical teams asking me to go and review their patients and help them with advice or um, see whether there's anything that we can do to help them to manage that patient. So sometimes we'll go out around the wards and see uh, patients in other specialties or um, go into HDU or ITU and see patients there. So it can be quite different depending on what day it is and what's going on in the hospital. Um, some days as well, your day doesn't finish at 5 p.m. And if you're on a long day uh, until half past nine, unfortunately, you are always based in the hospital in medicine, uh, especially during IMT. Um, so you'll at that point go to cover either referrals from the emergency department or referrals from GPs. Um, and that's actually sometimes the most fun part because that's where you're seeing patients who are just in the door, making diagnoses, making plans, discussing them with consultants, um, or maybe you're covering the wards and seeing the sick patients and you're getting to um, kind of work up the acute patients and um, make your own management plans. Um, and that would be, I would say, an average day in IMT. So pretty varied, pretty full on, obviously, um, but potentially quite rewarding as well. So how, how did you choose what, you know, how did you choose your path? What, what made you choose IMT um, and how did, you, how did you decide on that? So I didn't always know that I wanted to do IMT or uh, hospital medicine. Uh, when I was at medical school, I thought I wanted to do public health or psychiatry um, or maybe do GP, but I didn't think that I wanted to do anything based in a hospital. Um, so I kind of surprised myself a little bit when I started my foundation jobs. Um, I had a job in acute medicine and it was a really busy job and one that a lot of FY1s did not enjoy. But I found myself having a lot of fun. I really enjoyed seeing a big mix of uh, acutely unwell patients, seeing um, patients with chronic conditions. I really enjoyed getting to make diagnoses. I enjoyed getting to make my own management plans. I liked um, kind of getting to see parts of the patient journey from where they come into hospital all the way through to either discharge from the wards or um, getting to see them in clinic a few months later. Um, and it was the first time I kind of felt like a real doctor, which is a bit strange. But as an FY1, it was the first time that I felt like I was managing patients. Um, I still didn't think that I really wanted to do hospital medicine for the rest of my life at that point. Um, and in my FY2, I did a job in psychiatry and one in GP and realised that neither of them really suited my personality and realised that I really enjoy being busy. I like the variety. And when I did my second medical job in FY2, I just realised that it was what I really enjoyed and I couldn't really see myself doing anything else. Um, as I said earlier, I didn't go straight into medical training at that point because I did wonder whether it was going to be right for me. So I ended up doing... Um, a job at the university and working as a locum in medicine for the elderly for a while and after that I took four months off for a bit of a career break and then did a CDF job for eight months where I worked in medicine and by that time I was pretty sure that it was what I wanted to do. What In what other ways did you get experience um, to progress into IMT? How, how did you gain experience? So I was quite lucky because I got two medical jobs during my foundation training and both of them happened to be in acute and general medicine. So I had quite a lot of, I guess, general medical experience under my belt by the time I even left the foundation programme. 
Um, but at that point, I hadn't really had any exposure to medical specialties. And if you're going into medical training, you don't just do general medicine. You need to pick a specialty as well. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of exposure to anything in particular. So I kind of looked for um, a CDF job and a long term kind of locum post where I could spend a bit of time in specialties. So I spent some time in medicine for the elderly and did the same again when I did my CDF job. And that was to kind of give myself a little bit more experience of what it might be like to be a specialist rather than just um, a junior doctor in medicine, because the consultant job can be really different to what the junior job is on the ward in medicine. And I wanted to make sure that I knew what that was like and make sure that I didn't just enjoy being a ward doctor. You know, um, I had to make sure that it was right for me in the future. At the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Glasgow, our members really do represent the full multidisciplinary healthcare team, with opportunities to join a number of boards, committees and networks. As a trainee, you could join our Trainees Committee, giving you the opportunity to have a say in the wider issues that affect your role, including training requirements, career progression, less than full-time training and well-being. How, how did you manage the application process for IMT? Is that quite an involved process? What are the steps and how did you manage those steps? Um, so I think that it can be quite involved applying for any specialty, particularly ones like IMT or core surgical training, where you need to kind of build a CV that shows that it's something you're interested in and shows that um, you're the right person to do the job. So I think that I started thinking about the application process over a year before I applied. Um, I think if you know what you want to do from medical school, it could be easier for you because you've maybe built yourself a CV that reflects that. But because I hadn't known that this was what I wanted to do, I felt like I was sort of starting from scratch with the application process. Um, so I spent a lot of time looking at the entry requirements online and then trying to find ways that I could meet those and show that I was interested in medicine. So I spent um, a bit of time doing things like audits in the hospital um, and trying to get involved in quality improvement work that was related to medicine to kind of show that this was something I was interested in. And I also looked at sitting the part one exam of the MRCP, um, which didn't get you any specific sorry, that's my email, um, which didn't get you any specific points for applications, but um, I thought it would maybe help me to learn a little bit more uh, knowledge behind it and um, might kind of show at an interview that I'd shown an interest in in training in medicine. Um, after that, um, when you actually go to apply, you just basically have to fill out an application form and then take your portfolio with you to an interview. So filling out the application form, you're trying to think of everything you've done that shows how much you want to do medicine, that shows um, what you've done in the past, what makes you the right person for the job. Um, and you're just filling out specific questions. So it's a bit strange because you think about it so much for so much time and then you come to fill it out and you're just checking off boxes and writing a couple of sentences in, in little um in this little website, you know, and uh, it was especially strange because I was actually taking my career break at the time and I was sitting in a youth hostel in Peru, which I probably shouldn't be telling you on this podcast, but um, it was all of it. It was all a bit of a strange experience after spending so long thinking about doing it. Um, the interview itself is then um, in per Well, it was in person then and I think now sometimes they do it over video, but um, they asked you about how you manage ethical scenarios and clinical scenarios. 
and then they talk through your CV a little bit. Um, so I'd prepared myself for that as well by kind of uh, thinking about various different, you know, um, basic ethical principles and things like that. And I spent a couple of days before the interview kind of reviewing all of that. Um, and I ended up getting quite good scores from the interview and got my top choice of job for IMT, which I was really pleased with. Speaking of, so it was your top choice. That's great to hear. Um this was my other question is, what do you love about your job? I know you've talked about a bit about your uh, managing your own uh, your, your own patient management, but what else? Is there anything else um, that you love about your job? Yeah, I love the variety of things that we see in medicine. Uh, I feel like you can see, you know, 10 patients in a, a night shift and each one can have a different problem. So I really enjoy that. I also find it really satisfying that, um, you can see a patient in hospital in a quite holistic way and try and manage multiple problems at once. Um, and I like dealing with kind of multiple systems. And um, I really like working in a busy environment. And I figured that out about myself quite quickly. I, I get a bit of a rush from being busy all the time. I can't sit in an office. And um, I love kind of being on my feet. And um, I love the pace of things in medicine as well. So, yeah, that's kind of what I love about it. I think a lot of people end up with a bit of a love-hate relationship with the IMT programme because sometimes you maybe do feel like you're in a specialty that isn't what you want to do or maybe the pace of the ward you're in doesn't suit you or um, you're not getting to do the things you especially enjoy. But um, it is quite good because you do rotate every four to six months. You never feel like you're getting stuck in a department you don't want to be in um, and you get a really wide range of experiences I think um, in IMT and I think they try to set up the program so that you can see as many specialties as possible in the space of three years and maybe try and narrow down what you'd like to do in the future so it helps you to get kind of connected to departments that you're interested in. What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about applying to IMT? I would say that IMT is a uh, can be quite a self-directed training program in a lot of ways. Training opportunities aren't handed to you. It's not as straightforward in some ways as surgery where it's like learn this procedure and here's how you learn it. There's a lot of bits of medicine that are very much you going to see patients and then reflecting on what you've learned, reflecting on your experiences, maybe looking up conditions you've seen. So I think to be aware of that before you go into it and to know that you might have to kind of create your own interests and explore them yourself that people aren't always going to be able to tell you what you should be doing um, and how you should be developing. I think you should know what your end goal is when you come into IMT so that if you do end up in a rotation that you don't particularly enjoy um, that you know why you're doing it and that you always keep that interest in whatever area of medicine it is that you're interested in. Um, and I guess from an applications point of view I think I would say to decide in advance where you'd be willing to go for a job and if the rotation's are more important to you than the location or commute or what city it's in. I would try and decide that in advance because you definitely could end up with excellent rotations, but maybe based in a city you don't want to be in or the other way around. So I think when you come into it, you should know or at least kind of be at peace with yourself as to whether you would definitely take that job or whether you would wait another year and give it another application cycle, because there's not really any rush with your career and you don't have to make these choices immediately. So don't feel rushed to make a decision that might not be right for you. Great advice. 
Thanks, Claire. We covered a lot of lot of stuff today. Um, I just invite any kind of final thoughts around IMT that you might have that we haven't covered with the questions today. I think just if you are interested in medicine, try and find a department or a person who can kind of mentor you in that, and that would help you to you know figure out what specialty is right for you I know that I took a long time to get here and I'm still working as a CDF now instead of going into a higher specialty training post and part of that is that I think I would have benefited from having um, someone to help link me into whatever specialty I was interested in so that um, I knew where I was going with my career and could you know maintain my interests throughout IMT. I think it's three years which is longer than the old CMT used to be and you can end up in specialties that you're not sure about and end up wondering you know why you're here or what you're doing this for and I think that having someone or a department or a consultant who you can link in with and can say you know what what events should I be attending what specialties should I be looking at are there clinics I can go to I, I think that's really helpful so I felt like I kind of found that in the last couple of years and um ended up quite enjoying the program in the end but it took me a while to get here so thank you for having me it's been a pleasure thank you very much thank you for joining us on this episode of beyond fy2 don't forget to check out our other episodes which we'll be adding to on a regular basis if you have any ideas on what we could include and what's helped you as you progressed in your career we'd love to hear from you please give us an email at connect at rcpsg.ac.uk.